0: Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you so much for taking some time out today to listen. Uh, Today we are on Season 2, Episode 8, and our goal today is to discuss the topic of meditation, how we can weather the storm by meditating. I'm very thankful uh, to have a good friend of mine as a guest today. His name's Jeremy Thornton, and, and Brother Jeremy and I did some work together uh, while I was at the Memphis School of Preaching. Uh, we've been very close friends. He's been a huge encourager of mine, and so very thankful to have him on the show today. And I want to turn things over to him and let him introduce himself.
1: Thank you, brother. It's great to be with you today. Uh, I am, uh, my name's Jeremy, I'm married to, to Jenny. Uh, we've been married for However long she says we've been married, I let her <laughs> answer those type of questions. There you go. <laughs> uh, been married since 2006, so you can do the math. I think that's 14 years. Yeah. Uh, we have two two children, two precious little girls. Yes. Jolie, who is uh, Drew's future daughter-in-law, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. she'll be five next week, and then JC and she just turned two. Right. Uh, we work at uh, Highway 77 in Marion, Arkansas. Uh, we started here in 2014, uh, and came uh, went to another work in 2016. Stayed there in Luxahoma, Mississippi, where me and Drew were able to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great time that we had there together. Yes, sir. And then I came back here in 2019, last year. So I've been here for almost well for a little over a year now. But uh, 2014 graduate of Memphis School of Preaching. Uh, so uh, that's pretty much it
0: well man I'm so glad to to have you on here I've been looking forward to this episode and you mentioned that we worked together in Luxahoma and those two years I'm so glad that I stuck there Uh, thankful that God allowed us to be there at that time you know because if it was a year before or a year later it might not have been the same but we got those two years together uh, to study together and to grow together so thankful how God works everything out
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Providence of God working the, uh, to, to help us to be together there. So that was great.
0: Absolutely. And uh, hopefully today, you know, bringing us together for this podcast uh, to his glory right. uh, and, and being able to use this avenue. We talked earlier about this year just being crazy. And, and it's been difficult to have the, the interaction that we want to have with individuals. But hopefully through this avenue, we can reach people maybe in a way that we, we might not be able to reach them otherwise. Uh, So hopefully to our listeners, again, we thank you for listening. We hope this episode will will be uh, helpful to you. I mentioned earlier that we're discussing the topic of meditation. And so we want to begin this episode by trying to define our terms. And so, Jeremy, how would you define meditation?
1: Well, uh, you know, the first thing that we want to do when we start to uh, any kind of topic or discussion is we want to define the terms. It's one of the rules of, of logic. So Mm -hmm. Uh, Naturally, the first thing that I do is I like to look and see how uh, it's used in the English language and how Webster uh, defines the word. As Brother Marshall Keeble said, nobody will argue with Webster. They'll argue (laughs) with the Bible, but they won't argue with Webster. Yeah, (laughs) Sad but true. So So I I look it up in Webster's dictionary, and it says uh, meditate is to contemplate, to keep the mind fixed upon, to study to purpose, to intend, to design, uh, to plan by resolving in the mind. And so that's kind of the way that we are looking at this uh, as far as our English uh, language is concerned, but then I begin to look at how it's used in the Bible and uh, looking at it in the New Testament and then the Old Testament kind of carries the same meaning in uh, both the New and the Old, but uh, Mount's Expository Dictionary, uh, one of the resources that I have in my Bible software. Of course, we won't talk about whose <laughs> software is right. I know that you and my uh, my preference and your preference are a little different on that. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the resources that I have is Mount's Expository. and uh, He says you know, the definition of that word is to care for, to bestow careful thought upon, And then he also says to give painful attention to. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, uh, that's kind of interesting that he says to give painful attention to. Sometimes we uh, struggle or wrestle with the scriptures, I suppose you might say. Mm -hmm. But then uh, Vines, he just uh, defines it as to be diligent or to practice, put into practice. And then one more that I have uh, is the New Testament Word Study Dictionary. It says to consider to weigh, ponder over something so as to be able to perform well. Hmm. And then synonyms that are used for this word are to study or show diligence, as we see in Second Peter one five, or to exercise thought in Titus 3 and verse number 8.
0: Well, thank you for your diligence in defining that, uh, because uh, there's a lot there, and, I, and I, hopefully that'll be helpful to our listeners to, to kind of get a good understanding of that word. And so... You mentioned you know the word reflection, and so it's not just simply reading something or even studying it. It's more than that. It's contemplating. It's letting it roll over in your mind and thinking about it uh, deeper, so you can apply it to your life. The word meditate. You mentioned how it's used in the Bible. It's found three times in the New Testament with three different Greek words. Uh, Luke twenty one fourteen carries the idea of, of premeditate. You know, you think about mm-hmm. before you do something. Philippians four eight means to, uh, to consider or to calculate, so you're piecing everything together. And then 1 Timothy 4.15 carries the idea of to practice or to cultivate. So we might say the three ways it's used is to premeditate, to consider, but then to put it into practice. So right. maybe for an example, before you read the Bible, if you have a daily reading plan, I know you and I like to follow up a, a daily plan, you're thinking about what you're going to be reading, then you open it up, you read it, and you close your Bible, and you keep thinking about it. And that's really the process that you find in the New Testament is you piece those words together. Um, right. So like you said, it's, it's always important to define terms before moving forward. So, uh, again, meditation is to engage in, in contemplation or reflection. It's more than just reading and studying. It's actually thinking about it in such a way that will help you apply it to your life uh, to be a better individual. So that's, that's the idea behind meditation, and now that we've defined it, we want to move on to a, a second point, and that is uh, discussing the contrast between the Christian's meditation or how meditation is, is used in Scripture as opposed to meditation in the Eastern culture. You know, Jeremy, think about the pictures or, or maybe a, a video of somebody, legs crossed, fingers up, humming, you know, <laughs> and that's the idea of what we get but that's different from what the Bible teaches regarding meditation. So what are some things that that you found uh, that that show the contrast between what the world sees as meditation and what the Bible actually says about it?
1: Well, you know, um, like you said, you you think about the Eastern culture and uh, world religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, and, uh, all the other isms that are out there. Right. Of course, brother Curtis Kate said "Ism means it ain't so. <laughs> <That's
0: right. laughs>
1: uh, but you think about the, the way that the Eastern culture thinks about meditation. And uh, like you said, you may have those pictures of someone sitting in the floor with their legs crossed and their, uh, hands in a certain position, but they use meditation in this kind of way to, to have this sense of peace. And mm-hmm. at, at one met with, uh, uh, or atonement with uh, uh, with nature and having this sense of mindfulness, and of course, we can all watch ASMR videos and be guided in meditation, and everybody uh, does doze off to sleep, you know. But right. when they do these. <laughs> they they think of meditation as the way of just having this mental release and mm-hmm. um, disconnecting for things for a little while in order to try to attain some type of enlightenment. But, you know, compare that to the way that the, the Bible uses the word meditation. Uh, when we meditate, we're actually focusing on God's word. Right. It's not that we're, we're trying to disconnect from the world, but we're actually trying to connect with the scriptures yeah. and, and try to connect with uh, and be enlightened through the scriptures. Of course, we're not talking about any type of Holy Spirit. Uh, direct operation or anything like that, but we're right. trying to focus on God's word and uh, obey his commands. And uh, of course we know that when we, when we do as God says, and when we uh, study his word as often as we possibly can, as we'll talk about in just a little bit, we'll, mm-hmm. have, we'll be that, that blessed person. and We have that peace that passes understanding. So.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's exactly uh, the direction I was wanting to go into is what you just said. It's uh it's the emptying of the mind, but, but it's not enough just to empty it. You have to fill it back up with the Word of God. And, Absolutely. And that's, and that's what you were saying, and that's, and that's, that's really the biggest difference. Um, I have a book entitled Celebration of Discipline, The Path to Spiritual Growth, and it was written by Richard Foster. And I'm going to try to put this, uh, when we share this episode in the notes, for our listeners to go and, and hopefully purchase this book. It's been a really, really uh, interesting study. And in each chapter, he talks about a different discipline uh, that you can apply to your life that will help you. And in chapter two, he talks about meditation. And I thought, well, this will be good in preparation for this study. And On page 25, he said, Eastern meditation is an attempt to empty the mind. Christian meditation is an attempt to fill the mind. Uh, It goes on and says, it's not detachment, but attachment we're after. The detachment from the confusion all around us, in order to have a richer attachment to God. And you know what? That's, that's necessary. If you want to get closer to God, you've got to get farther away from the world.
1: Uh, Absolutely.
0: And we talked about, again, about 2020 and all that's going on. If, if you just sit back and get bogged down with the world, there's no way you're going to draw close to God. But if you can empty that out and fill your mind with the Word of God, then you can truly meditate, and that can help you uh, to find that kind of peace you're looking for. Uh, He said something, I I wanted to read this, and again to our listeners, it begins on page 19 in chapter 2 regarding meditation. He says, the discipline of meditation was certainly familiar to the authors of scripture. The Bible uses two different Hebrew words to convey the idea of meditation, and together they are used some 58 times. These words have various meanings, listening to God's word, reflecting on God's works, rehearsing God's deeds, ruminating on God's law, and more. In each case, there is stress upon changed behavior as a result of our encounter with the living God, of course, through the eyes of Scripture. Repentance and obedience are essential features in any biblical understanding of meditation. And I appreciate that he put those two together. Uh, He then quotes Psalm 119, 97, Oh, how I love thy law, it is my meditation all the day. He then says, It is this continual focus upon obedience and faithfulness that most clearly distinguishes Christian meditation from its Eastern and secular counterparts. And so that's really what we're discussing, the difference between what the world thinks about when you talk about meditation and how the Bible actually speaks of it. And so as you mentioned, and as Richard Foster mentioned, it's empty the mind. That's what the world says. But biblical meditation is filling the mind, uh, filling it with, with good, wholesome things, of course, uh, filling with what God has revealed. And then finally, on page 26, he says this. Meditation is the one thing that can sufficiently redirect our lives so that we can deal with human life successfully. And I thought that was a perfect statement to tie in with the title of this episode, Weathering the Storm by Meditating. Right. Um, (laughs) The storms of life that keep coming, if you focus on them and allow them to bog you down, they will. But if you're able – to shut that out to the best of your ability and fill your mind with the word of God, you let him talk to you through the word, you talk to him through the avenue of prayer. Then you can have the peace that you need, as he said, to redirect your lives and deal with human life successfully. Uh, right. so again, I, I thought he had some great points uh, regarding meditation, but as we, as we have discussed, there is a difference between what the world thinks about it, what the Bible actually says. So now that we've defined it and we've discussed the difference, and we have a working, hopefully a working knowledge of of this idea of emptying your mind and filling it with the word of God uh, to help you weather the storm. We now want to go to the word of God and spend some time looking at some passages uh, from the word. And the first one we want to discuss is in the old Testament. In fact, it's from Psalm one. And I don't know about you, Jeremy, this is one of my favorite psalms to preach.
1: I mean,
0: it just lays itself out there for us. There's Uh,
1: about a million and a half ways that you can preach it too. Oh man. Yeah.
0: There's so many sermon outlines for it. Uh, But this is, uh, it's the introduction to the book of Psalms. Uh, And and everything that you read in the Psalms goes back to this because Mm -hmm. it's a contrast between the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. Uh, What I'd like to do is read verses one through three And then turn it back over to you and get your thoughts on how this passage can help us as we think about meditation and weathering the storm. So I'll be reading Psalm 1, 1 through 3 from the New King James Version. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. And so Jeremy, what thoughts come to your mind from those, that, those three verses?
1: Well, like you said, there's, there's just so much that's packed in there. Uh, things that we could talk about uh, for many, many podcast episodes if we wanted oh, yeah, to. No doubt. Uh, like you said, this is a comparison of, uh, the blessed man, and of course, that theme is going to be carried throughout the, uh, the entire book of the Psalms, Right. Uh, but this is, this is the comparison between the blessed and the wicked, or the righteous and the unrighteous, um, and, and as we think about that word blessed, um, many times when we study scripture, we go to the Beatitudes in the book of Matthew, or we look at the Beatitudes in the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. we think about this word blessed, a lot of times we say that this is one that's, that's in a state of being happy or a state of, of, of bliss or happiness. Uh, I can't remember which preacher it was that I heard, um, but there was a, a preacher uh, who's, who's now gone on that I was listening to, and he said that this word blessed may be better defined as one that is approved by God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's such a great definition or a great way to apply that as we think about what's being said in Psalm chapter 1. Uh, but the blessed man, the one that is approved by God, is the one that, as it says in verse 2, that, that his daily meditation is on the Word of God. Right. His daily meditation is on the, the precepts, the instruction, the commands, the things that God has given to us for our learning, uh, for our instruction in righteousness. But then notice it also says that it's not only is it uh, his meditation, but it says that it's his delight. His mm-hmm. delight is in the law of the Lord. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, his, his will, his desire, affection, or motive of heart is, is in the law of the Lord. And, you know, sometimes people begin to study scripture. They begin to, uh, to, to read scripture. Like I, I believe you and brother Tomlin were talking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago that when, the January first rolls around, you know. Yeah. Everybody says, "I'm going to read the entire Bible this year," and then you get through Genesis, and maybe you get into the, into Exodus or Leviticus, and <laughs> people start going, "Oh, yeah. I have to read today." You know, that's yeah. that's not the the blessed man. That's not the one that's approved by God. We actually take delight yeah. in being able to study
0: that's right. uh,
1: the scriptures and think about it, meditate on it. But uh, this meditation is as is. is said here in verse number two it's more than a client uh, a casual glance but it's his his work day and night yeah
0: that's
1: right. uh, i think brother wakecaster uh in his commentary he he quoted a few other commentaries but one of the things that was written in there says the employment must be frequent and perpetual mm. and so uh, thinking about the scriptures and meditating on the scriptures is something that's done Uh, But uh, the blessed man is one that that keeps the word before his mind and contemplates its meaning, forms habits of meditation on God's word. Uh, Talk about all the habits that we have, you know, check Facebook or this, that and the other. We have a habit of running to the word of God and then meditating on it uh, throughout the day. Mm. But this is something that's done both day and night. It's done during the wakeful hours of, of the night when sleep has left us and we can't sleep and this is done during the daylight hours when the opportunity affords it Uh, there's something else that i found from uh, adam clark commentary and says he takes a text and carries it with him all day long in the night watches when sleep forsakes his eyelids he muses upon the word of god in the day of his prosperity he sings psalms out of the word of god and then the night of his affliction, he comforts himself with the promises out of the same book. Wow. And that's a quote from Adam Clark. And, you know, just the Psalms themselves. I remember this sermon that Brother Winkler uh, preached a few years ago. I believe it was at Memphis School of Preaching Lectureship
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how he talked about the spending time in the Psalms. Yeah,
0: that's
1: right. And, uh, what, a, what a great book it is uh, for, you know, for us to, to praise uh, the and, and think reflect meditate upon how great God is, but then also, it's a book of comfort that we can go to. How many funerals have we been to where Psalm twenty three has been read? Right. <laughs> you know that's kind of that go to uh, during the times of affliction and during the times of of worship the same. So that's right. Uh, but we we meditate on God's word. Uh, and uh, one more thing that I'll I'll add to this. Okay. Uh, the uh, verse number three. Um, I don't know if uh, Brother B. J. Clark sang this song or mentioned this song while you were going through Psalm class. Mm-hmm. But uh, I shall not be moved. I see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I can hear him saying that uh, every time we we uh, went through the Psalms. It seems like he would say, mention this verse. But because of continual meditation and uh, always being uh, focused on God's Word. The the blessed man is one that is planted, he's grounded, he's rooted like a tree beside the rivers of of water, Mm -hmm. and and also he's one that's that's fruitful. You know, the Christian, we can meditate on God's word, and uh, think about what Ephesians chapter 6, beginning around verse 11, has to say about the armor of God, Mm -hmm. or uh, to take the armor of God and be able to stand, and then also be able to withstand and we're to produce the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians five twenty two and 23. Uh, Jesus commanded that we'll be fruitful, uh, John 15, 1 through 8, Matthew twelve thirty three. 33. So, uh, you know, the comparison between the blessed man and Psalm 1 and everything that we read about the Christian in the New Testament, it's, it goes hand in hand, and it all comes back to this uh, meditating on the Word of God.
0: Absolutely, it does. And uh, like you said, so much can be said about this one Psalm. Uh, We only read the first three verses, but when you get into (laughs) verses four through six, uh, showing that contrast even more so. But Mm -hmm. you mentioned that, you know, blessed been approved of God, and it shows why. He doesn't follow in the way of the unrighteous, but here's what he does. Uh, I think that word, but there really changes everything. Here's where his mind is. He's not concerned with going in the way of the world. And that's what we talked about with meditation. It's emptying the things of this world and filling your mind with the word of God. It's exactly what he does. And so his delight, as you mentioned, he loves it. It's in the law of the Lord. He meditates day and night. Uh, Brother Waycaster brought this out. I didn't have Brother Clark for a teacher. I know he would have done a great job and I'm sure he did, Uh, but Brother Waycaster also did a great job. Uh, We know he's got a, 50 volume set or whatever it is on the Too Psalms. <laughs> I mean, just unbelievable work. This is from his commentary of verse two. He said, the blessed man concentrates on God's word. The object of his delight is God's word. The action of his delight is that he meditates and the frequency of his delight is that he does so day and night to read is to look through to study is to dig deep, but to meditate is to chew on your food and move forward. Mm -hmm. He says the word meditate there is an agricultural term in the Hebrew, meaning a cow that chews on his food. Uh, And so we we get that word picture. Uh, You think about chewing on something, and that's mentally what you do when you meditate. Um, I want to try to put this into a practical way for our listeners. Let's say that you're reading the parable of the Good Samaritan, and you think about that, and you read it, and you study it. And then as you go on, You know, that throughout your day, you're going to town and you see someone on the side of the road needing help. You've read that Good Samaritan, but now you're going to meditate. You're going to put it into practice. You're going to think about what took place and you're going to do your best to put that into practice. Uh, Another example is reading the Great Commission. Maybe you go through the different accounts and then you find an opportunity to study with somebody. Well, see, you've meditated on that. And you mentioned that from Adam Clark's commentary. You take that and you take it with you throughout the day. And I believe that's what's being said here about the blessed man. He takes it with him day and night. When when he rises in the morning, he's thinking about God's word. When he lays down at night, he's thinking about the things uh, that he studied. I know, you know, me and you as as preachers, uh, we we think about what we're preaching all week long. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We we let it uh, simmer, I guess you could say. We're letting it meditate and (laughs) marinate, as I've heard a preacher say. And that's the idea behind it. And that's why this this man was blessed, uh, because he loved the word of God. And and again, helping us to define what it means to meditate. When you meditate on the word of God, you can be planted by the rivers of water. You can have stability. As you mentioned, you can be be fruitful. Uh, Your leaf shall not wither. Whatever you do will prosper. You're going to prosper spiritually as you spend time meditating on the word of God.
1: And I can't remember. Who this is from, I I think I got this in preaching school, so it's probably from Brother Clark, B.J. Clark. But uh, Psalm 1, uh, we see, first of all, the prescription for security in verse 1, uh, the progression of sin in verse 1, the preciousness of Scripture in verse 2, prosperity of salvation in verse 3, uh, the peril of sinners in verse 4, the pathway of the saved in verse six, and then the perishing of the sinful in verse six. Man, so there's there's an alliterated sermon. They all begin with the letter yeah. P. That'll so,
0: preach,
1: uh, it, it will definitely preach. And then, uh, we're you know, another one that you could uh, kind of take these three points and, and uh, add meat to the bones is we're separated from the world, we're satisfied by the word. And then we're situated by the waters, and so those are uh, just just a couple of that you could take. And like we said, you can preach Psalm one in a million different ways, and That's right. uh, and always always learn more. You know, it's something that I've always heard about studying scripture is. Uh, when we go to study Scripture, it's like a man that's thirsty that's going to the ocean with a spoon, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. uh, we're always able to 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 just be able to drink from the waters of life and and just right. constantly take it all in. So, that's right. Uh, uh, you said Philippians chapter four, yes, sir,
0: verses six,
1: uh, through, verses eight. six through
0: eight. Okay, let yes, me sir. read that for you. Okay.
1: and if there be any praise, think on these things.
0: Thank you very much. And so, of course, that's the authorized version there. Love, love hearing the King James. You and I both know the value of looking at different translations as you study your Bible. It, it, sometimes there might be just one word or one thought uh, that, that might help it flow a little bit better. It may help a little bit. And that's the case with this. The King James Version, the American Standard, and the ESV use the word think. Think on these things. The New King James Version uses that word meditate. Of course, the same word for think in, in the Greek language, logizomai. Uh, you hear in that logical, you know, you think about putting something together. And in fact, that's what Strong says about this word. He says it means to calculate or to consider. So you think about this list that Paul gives. And, and I, I asked you to read verses six and seven as well, because I believe that ties in uh, beautifully you know be 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 careful or be anxious for nothing what's the prescription for it well you go to god in prayer and what's going to happen the peace of god is going to guard your hearts and minds through christ and then he says finally brethren so we might say on the coattails of that great truth that we can have this kind of peace that passes understanding that that we can only have in christ then he says to meditate on these things uh Jeremy, we talked earlier about the world, (laughs) even going back to Psalm 1, uh, how he was separated from the world, and and your way of thinking is so different from the world. Think about these words as opposed to what we see in our world today. True, noble, just, pure, lovely, and of good report. That is in stark contrast to what we're seeing in our world today the political mess that's going on, the racial tension that's going on. uh, I mean, even stuff that's crept into the sporting world, just unbelievable chaos going on. How do you escape that? How can we as Christians possibly find a way to get out of the muck and the mire? Here's the answer. Go to God in prayer and then meditate on all of these things. Calculate or consider all of these blessings that we have in Christ. And help that to to translate uh, and be able to apply it to your life. And so, what what thoughts come to your mind from this passage uh, in, in regards to how meditating can help us weather the storm?
1: Well, first of all, just to add to what you just said, think about what Jesus said. Um, you know, he's he's overcome the world. In the in the world, we're going to find tribulation. Mm-hmm. And, hey, uh, you know, there's plenty of storms out there right now. No doubt. There's plenty of tribulation. He says, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Yeah. You know, for the Christian, uh, this world is not our home, and thank God for it. Amen. Uh, we are we are looking for uh, anticipating a better place, as we uh, notice that word better from the book of Hebrews. That's right. Uh, you know, uh, thinking about what's how this passage begins in verse 6, it says, be careful for nothing or simply do not worry yeah a lot of times we we hear that and go oh yeah okay right uh, uh, you know it's easier easier said than done mm-hmm. and uh, you know worry is something that people uh anxiety and, and, and those type of issues is something that uh, the medical field will tell us uh, that that's something that's just increased as uh, as time has gone on that's something that brother billy bland uh, said about this verse, he said, people take all kind of pills for anxiety, but the best pill for anxiety is the gospel. That's right. The gospel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, That's right. <laughs> um,
1: be careful for nothing, but uh, don't, uh, or, or rather, um, don't worry about, and how is it that we're not, uh, or how is it that we're able to, to not worry about these things? Like you said, uh, prayer, supplication, uh,
0: meditation
1: yeah uh, and when we begin to, uh, to 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 access god and thinking about what we read in first john 5 14 that we this is the confidence that we have and we're able to be confident in our prayers knowing that god hears our prayers mm-hmm. uh, i think that's able to to help us uh, not to have this this worry but going back to meditation or, or thinking on these things you know the eastern idea of meditation as we've already said something that that is done in order to obtain peace and you know we have all the people on on youtube that are uh, trying to guide us in these meditation videos to help us relax and help us to have this type of peace but the christian yeah, we're we're able to to access true peace that's right uh, the the world and people in in uh, these uh, wor- different worldviews—they're trying to to have this sense of enlightenment and, and this sense of peace. But we're we're able to access. Notice what the verse says: "The peace that passes all understanding." Yeah. Uh, you 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 want true peace? You enter into the church, or you're added to the church. You have the accessibility to uh, all the spiritual blessings. You obey the gospel and uh, put on Christ in baptism. And then you're able to access this, this true peace. And so uh, knowing that God hears our prayers, knowing that he's given us all of these, uh, the blessings of of life. And think about just if we were to to step away for just a second and just think about the physical blessings that God has given to us. I I mean, there's, I I lay down at night and, and I lay down at night and I think about my day and I think about, the fact of my family and my home, my work, and all these things that God has blessed me with, and I, I can't help but to thank God for it.
0: That's right. But
1: then you add to you add to that all of the spiritual blessings that we have in Jesus Christ, and, and we can't help but to say, uh, "Thank you, Lord." You know, that's right. Uh, count your, count your many blessings, name them yeah. one by one. Uh, that's the song that we sing. So it helps us to kind of. Have this this uh, peace and this. As we meditate and we think about what God has done for us, uh, we're not meditating on the vain things of life or trying to uh, trying to obtain some heightened sense of reality. But we're focusing on these these true, uh, these honest, these just, lovely, pure things. And like you said, it's, it is uh, completely different from from what the world focuses on you that's think right. about what what people in the world where their their attention and their focus is and they think about you know, these these just actions that are that, that we won't even mention they're just terrible but that's not where the christian's mind is that's right we don't have our mind in the gutter we're thinking on these these true these honest these lovely things that's these right. things of good report
0: as christians we have to elevate our thinking uh, think about yeah. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. where Christ sitting at the right hand of God. You, we don't think about things of this world. If you just turn on the news and just sit there for about 10 minutes, just cut your TV off after that and sit there and think about it, man, you'll be in a dark place. Right. But if you spend time in the Word, you'll be in a bright place. You'll be in, in a in a place of, of, of peace. Uh, to your point, Ephesians 1, 3, the blessings mm-hmm. that are in Christ there's two words that jump out limitless, all spiritual blessings, but also limited. You have to be in Christ. If you're not in Christ, then you don't, you don't get any of them. But if you are in Christ, you get all that comes with that. And of all Mm -hmm. the things that that we enjoy, the forgiveness of sins, the fellowship we enjoy with the father and with the son, with with the spirit, through the word, all of these things that that we enjoy. One of those things is peace. And as you said, the world can not offer it to us. The world can offer, you know, a distraction that might make us think we have peace, but only true peace, as you, as you said, comes from God. And uh, you think about James chapter three, talking about the wisdom from above, as opposed to the wisdom from below the wisdom's, you know, peaceable and and it's, this is patient. This is what we are to to think about, meditate on. Another thought that comes to mind there is uh, in verse seven, it talks about the peace of God. And in verse nine, it talks about the God of peace. You can have mm-hmm. both of them <laughs> through Christ. You, right. can, you can have the peace of God and, and know the God of peace. But it, it takes it takes that meditation. So as you're weathering the storm that this world keeps throwing at you, as we said, whether it's political unrest or whatever's going on, be, being able to meditate on these things will help you to elevate your thinking above that and and to help you get through even, even the toughest times.
1: Absolutely. You know, something else that I just thought about, in Ephesians chapter two, beginning around verse number eleven, talking about those that are in the world, mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter two tells us there's no hope. There is there is no hope, and if we thought about someone who has some type of illness and the doctors came in and said there's no hope, that wouldn't be great news. We wouldn't no. we wouldn't delight in that. Uh, and and those that are outside of Christ, they have no hope. Yeah. You turn on the television. Is there any? any message of hope on, on the new, nightly news, rarely, if, if ever. But in Christ, in Christ, we have all spiritual blessings and we have we have hope. We were once the enemies of God, but now we're able to be called the children of God. And we have mm-hmm. those precious promises that are waiting for us. What a hopeful uh, message that is for us and right. uh, a peace uh, giving message, I suppose, as we meditate on how, how great God has been for us.
0: So. Yeah, and, and to our listeners who may be going through a storm right now that maybe nobody else knows about, uh, maybe it's just between you and God, hopefully you know these thoughts will help you, whether it's thinking about the blessed man who was able to meditate in the law of the Lord day and night, that helped him to be fruitful, that helped him to be have that stability, or uh, as thinking about this list that Paul gives in Philippians 4. Uh, because of that, you can have true peace and that's something that money can't buy something the world can't offer something only found in crisis so i appreciate your thoughts on both of those passages Uh, and again to our listeners i hope that that that'll be helpful Uh, but now we want to go to our our final passage that we want to discuss and that is first timothy 4 5 through 16 Um, and i'm going to read that for us and turn things over to you and get your thoughts Uh, here we have uh, the apostle paul writing to Timothy. He referred to him as his own son in the faith. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful to read that language and what he emphasized as being most important. You know, you get to the end of, of Paul's life. In fact, I've got a book by Wayne Jackson called Before I Die. And he dives into, you know, the books of Timothy and Thessalonians and uh, Paul's, some of Paul's last words. What was most important to Paul? Well, that's what you find in, in these letters to Timothy. But in First Timothy chapter 4, I want to begin in verse 5 and read down through verse 16. He says, If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourishing the words of faith and of good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wise fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promises of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. That's a a great text. Uh, And I try to spend some time in these letters as a preacher. Uh, Great encouragement that we can get from this. But as we think about weathering the storm by, by meditating, we notice that word meditate, meditate on these things. What thoughts come to your mind from this good text?
1: Well, you know, first of all, we think about the apostle Paul uh, writing these letters to Timothy. He's writing these to encourage him uh, as to, in order to be a a good minister as we read in the text. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, thinking about that and, uh, you know Paul helping him weather the storms, yeah. uh, the emphasis in this passage is 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 Timothy putting into practice the things that are commanded in the Word of God and you know we could go back to uh, the beginning of of chapter four and and kind of carry that thought throughout, but then we come uh, to to this passage verses six and and following as as he's telling us, you know, uh, put the brethren in remembrance of these things and refuse the a profane and the old wives' fables, exercise the godliness, um, you know, we, we labor and we suffer reproach, uh, these things command, let no man despise, they, all of these different commands, that he's, he's going through this kind of checklist of the faith here,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he's telling him, if you put these things into practice, if you meditate on these things, and you think on these things, but if you put them into, into practice, that this will um you know you'll it'll encourage the brethren and do the doing the same he'll be able to be a good minister right and so you know I think that's something that everybody that preaches or everybody that well minister applies to all Christians so
0: right.
1: uh, that to apply to us all we all want to be a good minister and then we look at verses uh ten through or or verses ten. And verse 16, this is the thrust of the Christian life during the different storms of life. And verse 10, we're able to endure the the labor and the reproach because of our trust in God who has sent us a Savior. And then verse 16, if we continually meditate, put into practice the commands of God, we we will be saved. Uh, This is a true message of, of comfort and peace during trying times.
0: That's absolutely right. And, and I think, too, it, it almost, you brought those two verses out, it kind of explains or further describes what meditation is all about. It allows you to trust in the living God. It allows you, uh, you know, to help others who are struggling as well. I find it interesting, you know, in Philippians 4, we mentioned that Greek word, logizomai, meaning to calculate or to consider. The Greek word here for meditate is different. It means, to learn by repetition and strenuous effort. And he talked about that when we first started this episode, that painful digging into the text, that's what it takes. Right. I I thought that was interesting, to learn by repetition and strenuous effort. What is Paul telling Timothy to do? You put forth maximum effort to put these things into practice. So it's more than just meditate, just him sitting back and thinking about it. These are, like you said, a checklist of the faith. I like that, that language. You, you instruct the brethren in these things, and you make sure that you are preaching what you practice, but also practicing what you preach. That's how we could summarize this section. But there's another phrase here that I think is pretty helpful. Give yourself entirely to them. We could substitute that phrase for the word meditate. Think about that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, the blessed man, he meditated on the word day and night. He gave himself entirely to the law of the Lord day and night. Uh, There in Philippians 4, 6 through 8, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to these things. And so I think that the point of application is if you give yourself entirely to meditating on spiritual truths that we find in the word of God, you'll have less time and less focus on the things of this world. If we understand what that word entirely means, (laughs) That doesn't mean right. just a little bit of focus. Uh-huh. Uh, not just Sunday morning only, I'm thinking about God, or Wednesday night only. This is a daily, this is every. This is your life. You give yourself entirely to these things that, that are that are being found in the Word. Uh, so Absolutely. Just a, a great text, a great list that, that Paul gives, and certainly a great application that we can make to our lives. And so we discussed these three passages, Psalm 1, Philippians 4, 6 through 8, and First Timothy 4, 6 through 16. And as we come down the home stretch, Jeremy, what are some passages that you meditate on that help you weather the storm? And and our goal in this segment is to help our listeners maybe find some passages. Maybe they're struggling right now, and they want to say, what are some passages that I can go to that will help me? So what, what would you say to our listeners?
1: Well, you know, kind of what we've already said, uh, going back to what Brother Winkler said in that sermon, and I maybe you can remember the title of the sermon when it was preached, uh, but he said to go back to the Psalms and spend time in the Psalms. Uh, One of the Psalms that I love and something that I meditate on and think about a lot is Psalm 25. You know, There's actually a song that we sing in our song books from Psalm 25, unto thee, O Lord, do I Mm -hmm. lift up my soul. And just going through that text and just thinking about how uh, well, how these words actually apply to me during whatever storm it is that, that I'm going through. And for those that, uh, that may be going through different things, this is a great one to go through. Oh, oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. I think we can see that the writer was actually going through some difficult times. Oh yeah. And so that's uh, one that is, that is great during those times. And, so psalm 25 is one that that i love and then romans chapter 12 is it's one of those uh chapters that just stands out you know oh, and yeah. in all of scripture um, talking about the uh presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice and then kind of giving that practical um uh practical instruction right. as we try to put into practice the things that we read so that would be a great chapter to go to uh, seems like a, a passage that I quote almost every sermon I ever preaches Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11 let this mind be in you which was also uh, in Christ for sure. uh, uh, being in the form of God so we're thinking about Jesus and the things that he went through and the things that he that he suffered for for our sakes and so Philippians 2 5 through 11 is a passage that I love and passage that I think about all the time for
0: sure.
1: But then, you know, I kind of got to thinking about weathering the storm and and talking about meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, If there was ever anybody who was dealing with something and ever a storm that had to be dealt with, uh, think about Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane.
0: Right.
1: You think about, uh, uh, I, I go to Matthew 26, 36 through 46, or Luke 22, 39 through 46, and you t- see Jesus in prayer as he's talking to the Father and uh, knowing that he's, he's, he's going to do everything that he's about to do, he's doing it on my behalf or on your behalf, you know. And so I, I think about how, or I go to that passage and, and read Jesus going to the Father in prayer, and as we've already talked about prayer and being able to access the peace of God. And then finally, well, one last passage is Second uh, Corinthians 6, or excuse me, Second Corinthians 12, verses 6 through 11. And uh, the Apostle Paul, they're talking about his thorn in the flesh and mm-hmm. how you know he asked God to, to remove it. And then the answer that he was given is, my grace is sufficient for thee. Right. And my goodness, how, how great that is. Oh, uh, to, right. to think about it as we're going through our storms of life and um, and just being able to meditate on, on the grace that God has given to us.
0: Absolutely. That's, that's a great list of passages. Uh, in fact, I'm going to write all these down, and when we share this episode, I'm going to put it in the comments for our listeners, maybe some go-to passages to meditate on uh, when mm-hmm. the storms come. I just want to offer two, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament, From the old, it's Psalm 46. Uh, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And in verse 10, he says, be still and know that I am God. Uh, You talk about meditating on something. Just take that statement and write it down and and look at that and read it over and over again and meditate on the power of that statement, the implications of God saying, be still and know that I am God. What, is the, what carries with that? His sovereignty, his glory. You talked about his grace. With all the chaos going on in 2020, we need to be still and know that God's in control of every bit of it. Uh, and so we can look to him. And then in the New Testament, it's Romans eight thirty one 31 and following. You have those questions that the devil can't answer, you know.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: If God is for us, who can be against us? Uh, who shall charge anything to God's elect? And then you have, you know, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. And so all these things that come at us, nothing can separate us uh, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so all of those passages you suggested, and, and, and we could make a, a huge list of all these, but that just points out what we've been talking about this entire episode is filling your mind with the word of God, and it'll help you uh, when those storms come. Don't turn to the world. Don't turn to worldly wisdom. Go to the, to the word, and you can find the strength that you need to carry on. And so now that we uh, have have done this, we want to come to our, our final point, our final segment in this episode. And, and Jeremy, I've been trying to finish uh, every episode this season with, with one helpful practical tip that we can leave with our listeners. So as they finish listening to this episode, they can take it with them. So what is your one practical tip to give our listeners that will help them weather the storm by meditating?
1: Well, if I had to sum everything up and, and put it this way, you know, as we've already talked about Eastern culture and the way that they uh, look at, at meditation, you know, the Christian meditation, it's not based on some type of being at one with nature or having some false sense of hope, but rather our meditation is upon the creator, upon the sustainer of all of creation, who's given us his word. For us to meditate upon, that's
0: right.
1: He's given us His Son for our salvation. He's promised us with eternity uh, with Him. For uh, uh, think about eternity; uh, that means forever. There's yeah, never going right. to be an end. But we have an eternity with Him if we endure the storms of life, and if we endure the storms of life, He's He's granted us uh, the the promise of heaven. He's given us all spiritual blessings. He lends his ear to us uh, that we might have peace not only in this world, but eternal peace. Our cultures may try to obtain enlightenment from some false means, but you know, when we focus on God's word, we can have the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. Right. Meditate on God's word and and, and access true peace in the time of storms
0: amen that was well said and i think that's definitely uh something that that will will help all of us uh, to weather the storm and i want to leave our audience with with a phrase uh, two words really release and refill when you get to the end of your day release it let go of it what, the good and the bad um there's a saying in baseball that, that I, a coach uses, and i try to use it too it's so what next pitch you know you're a pitcher and you gave up a home run so what get the ball back let's go or if you're the one that hit the home run so what next pitch uh think about that in the game of life though when you get home and you lay your head down and, and you're calling it a day release release it thank god for all the blessings of it but release it and as the next day approaches refill your mind with the word of God uh, and be able to take that with you and that'll help you meditate. That'll help you weather the storm. So, Jeremy, I, I thank you so much for being with me today. I've really enjoyed this. And oh, Thank uh, you, brother. Yeah, man. And, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. And mm-hmm. hopefully we got us a sermon out of this
1: <laughs> down the
0: road. Uh, I've really enjoyed this study and hopefully our listeners have as well. Uh, but, but we certainly are, are grateful that you've taken the time to listen to us today. And we hope this has been helpful. In fact, we hope that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm. Thank you so much, and may God bless you.